How do I balance my intense need, urge, and desire for solitude while still being a part of the tribe? I'm Nat Olson, and this is the Numerology Chick Podcast. Let's use the ancient wisdom of the numbers and our connection to our spiritual life to become guided and resourced professionals. Move into that next level, bring in enchantment, impact, and income into our lives. Hey you, welcome back. I am super excited about the episode this month. I was thinking to myself, how can we collectively commemorate and honor this number seven in numerology? We're in a seven universal year, September is the seven universal month. Then I thought, what better way to do that than to just dive head in to the seven and answer questions that you guys have about this number in numerology. So that's what we're going to do today. I went over to Instagram. I collected the most common questions and we are going to dive in. I'm going to answer some of those questions, one of them in particular, and we're going to dive into the higher function of the seven, the lower function of the seven, and really how to leverage this number in a positive way in your life. So this episode applies to you if you have a seven in your core chart, if you have a loved one that has a seven in their core chart, but this also applies to you if this year has been particularly powerful for you. Whenever we talk about the number that we are swimming in in this collective year, we're talking about how to tap an energy for our own evolution, for our own impact, for manifesting the life that we want in a more powerful way. So if you've been thinking to yourself, what is up with 2023? (laughs) This episode might answer some of those questions. So before we dive into all things the number seven, I want to just take a quick moment to say thank you. Thank you to everyone who donated this past month to support this work. Thank you to Don, Animistic Art, Heather, Suki, and Mike. I appreciate you guys so much. If you find the Numerology Chick podcast helpful, if you really like this episode and you want more, you can support this work by sharing it with friends and family. You can donate. There's always a link in the show notes to do so. And you know what helps out so much? You can rate it over on your podcast app. That is so helpful and it really spreads the word. And by the way, if the topic of this episode speaks to you, if you want to dive deeper into the number seven, you can join the seventh floor over on Patreon. For $5 a month, you get access to the seventh floor where I will upload a bonus audio by the 15th of the month. It's where we dive deeper into the theme of the episode. And this month, I'm going to be tackling a bonus question about the number seven where we can dive even deeper. So I'll reveal that bonus question by the end of this episode. Now let's dive in. So over on Instagram, I saw a thematic in the questions that people were asking about the seven in the DMs that I was receiving in response to this post. And the thematic was around isolation. What do we do with this intense urge to isolate? 
to break away from the tribe, to quiet the noise? And how do we balance that with the, the need and even the imperative to express ourselves and our message and our mission and our essence? This is what we're going to be grappling with and talking about in this episode. This applies to you if you have a seven in your core chart. But even if you don't, this might answer the question, why has 2023 felt so powerful? Why has it been so impactful? And how can I end 2023 with a bang? How can I prep for 2024? An eight universal year, a year of manifestation and authority and agency and power. By listening to the insights from the seven, by listening to the answer to this sort of philosophical question, you might get clarity on how to make that happen. The things I'm going to share today about the seven, about isolation versus expression, are really high level. So these are things that you should really get out a pen and paper and write down because in my private coaching, my one month intensive, my six month program, these are the things that we talk about, that we integrate, that we learn how to embrace so that people that have that seven or are working with the seven can rise into the higher function and access more income, more impact, more authenticity, and more happiness. I'm giving it all away here. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to actually hone in on one specific question before we dive into the nuances of the seven. This question was asked by Daisy over on Instagram, and here's what she writes. I have a seven expression number, and it's all too easy for me to go into isolation. How do I balance my intense need, urge, and desire for solitude while still being a part of the tribe? She goes on to say, I realize how important community is, speaking my truth, etc., but I really love being alone. And I feel like if I'm not in solitude, walking alongside my passions and desires, then I'm not doing the right thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, Daisy, that actually makes total sense. Lastly, she says, if solitude and isolating is my inclination, how can I use my seven to express? This is so good. And this is something that Daisy, we're all feeling in 2023. Isolating versus expressing. Diving into quiet versus speaking up. What do we do with this tension? So here's the first thing. I actually want to make the distinction between two words in your question. Isolation and solitude. I did a post a couple of days ago on Instagram about the higher function and lower function of each number. And one of the things that I talked about with the seven is that the lower function of the seven is isolation. And the higher function is owning and sharing your depth to bring deeper meaning into the world. I use the word isolation as a lower function word for a reason because isolation to me the way that i'm using it here is motivated by fear solitude is motivated by love 
Isolation is motivated by a fear or a distrust of others. It's motivated by an exhaustion from being around others. Solitude is motivated by this deep desire to replenish and connect to yourself and to connect to your cosmic best friend, to your primordial resource, to the intelligent peace and understructure behind the scenes of life so you can be at your best. And I think just making this distinction between isolation and solitude in a way can almost start to solve your question. Four sevens, isolation being motivated by fear is this trap. (laughs) You think that you're serving yourself by isolating when it's actually like you're escaping because something needs to be addressed. Isolation happens for a myriad of reasons for sevens. There's a lot of nuance here. This is where one-on-one coaching can be really helpful, but I'll share with you the most common reasons that sevens drop into isolation versus solitude. Okay. The first one is isolation happens for sevens where they have to escape because they're making themselves wrong for being a unique soul who needs more solitude and space than others. And so the cycle usually is they, they feel bad or guilty or extra for being the kind of person that needs solitude, that needs silence, that needs space. So they don't give it to themselves. They don't structure it into their lives. And so they eventually burn out and have to escape and they have to isolate. And isolation is very different from solitude. It's a numbing out. It's an escaping from. So when you go isolate in response to this exhaustion, in response to, I can't take it anymore, you don't actually even replenish. You don't actually touch that intelligent behind the scenes of life in a way that it can truly be integrated and embodied in your everyday life. Does that make sense? So that's one of the reasons that sevens isolate and subsequently do not sustainably access solitude where their wisdom, their answers, their, um, their insights come from. The second thing that happens is that sevens don't actually know how to access solitude. Like it wasn't a skill that they were taught. And there's a bunch of reasons for this. It could have been the family that they grew up in. It could be the society that they're influenced by. But regardless, instead of engaging in solitude, where they listen to the whispers of their heart and the whispers of their creator, they numb with drugs they numb by being alone, but with static. And so when they actually go back out into the fray, when they go back out into the world, they're actually more of a ghost than before. They haven't replenished. They haven't found 
a way to, via their own consciousness and their own sacred vehicle, access the divine. And so they actually don't have a lot of depth or clarity to share. And so this cycle continues. You numb out in your attempt to connect with source, right? But when you don't connect with source in an authentic and present way, you go back out into the world and it's very difficult to have anything to share because it wasn't accessed via your true self. And I want to I do want to say I'm not against like smoking a joint. I'm not against drinking. I'm not against, you know, medicinal mushrooms. Like I'm not against any of that. That's not what this is about. It's about the habit that sevens can have of thinking that numbing is solitude. It's not itching that scratch. It's not fulfilling that deep need. But oftentimes they... They think that it is. Okay. So the third and last most common reason that sevens isolate versus seek solitude is that they are surrounded by people or interacting with others in their lives who do not share their values. And this is a really big one that I work on with clients behind the scenes, people that have that seven in their chart, is there's this inherent distrust of others, and it's legitimate, it's valid, right? Like they've had experiences of rendezvousing with and attracting people who um, do not cherish their depth, their, their wisdom, their incredible deep intellect, And so they isolate, they escape, they go off on their own because the people that they're interacting with do not actually cherish and love and embrace their gifts. They merely tolerate them, right? So the lower function of the seven is isolation. Isolation is motivated by fear, a fear of others, a distrust of others, an exhaustion of being around other people that don't share your values. Isolation happens usually because sevens are making themselves wrong for being a unique soul who needs more solitude and space than other people. And so they don't give themselves the solitude and then they burn out and they have to escape into isolation. Isolation also happens in review um, because instead of actually engaging in solitude, engaging in a pure and authentic present connection with themselves and with their creator, they numb through self-medication. Or number three, they're not actually engaging in solitude, they're engaging in isolation because they're interacting with other people who do not actually embrace their depth, their wisdom, their unique insights, 
they're just barely tolerating them. And so the seven will go and isolate and be on their own because they think that that must mean that there's something wrong with them and that they are that lonely lone wolf soul who is the only person that thinks this way or feels this way or has this set of values. Okay, so now let's talk about solitude. Solitude is the higher function of the seven. And solitude is really the key in being able to balance that need of connecting to source and being in that relationship with peace and sharing and expressing yourself and your unique essence with others. Solitude is motivated by a deep desire to connect to yourself and to your creator. How do we rise into that? Well, the first key is something that we talked about before, and this is going to sound so simple, but I am telling you, it is a game changer. It's the mindset shift of accepting that you are at your best when you structure in solitude time. Sevens make themselves wrong left and right for being the hermit, the seeker. And, and sevens aren't antisocial. Like that's such the funny thing about all of this. Sevens can be the most expressive, <laughs> the most outgoing number. But it's when they have ample time to replenish in solitude and when they actually get to interact with people that share their values, right? So the first key, give yourself that solitude. Own it. Don't feel bad for it. I've learned a lot by having loved ones in my life that have sevens. My husband has a, a seven hearts desire number. <laughs> I remember um, when we had just moved in together, I couldn't find him in the house. And I'm like, where is Nick? Like, where did he go? And I asked my daughter, I'm like, Cammie, like, have you seen him? And she's like, I know he came home from work. So I'm looking around and I open up the garage door and he's just standing in the garage, just standing there, just looking at the wall. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, oh no, I'm fine. He's like, I just needed a moment of peace. And it's sort of this joke that we all laugh about now. Um, because he is living in a house with very loud Italian women. <laughs> but imagine if I made him wrong for his very foundation of heart's desire, like his very most fundamental need of needing peace. Imagine I made him wrong for that. Imagine that I filled the house with gatherings 24-7. Imagine on vacation, I made sure that it was structured so that we were constantly on the go, constantly doing things, constantly talking to people. 
No. <laughs> he would have a very difficult time being at his best. He'd have a very difficult time being the mystic seeker. He'd have a very difficult time owning and honoring the gifts that God gave him, right? So, this first piece is so important. Give yourself solitude, knowing that it puts you at your best. Structure it in. Don't be apologetic about it. And educate others. Educate the people in your life. Well, this is what I need to be at my best. Okay, that's the first piece. The second one is really, really important. Okay. The second one is identifying the people that share your values. And I don't have enough time here on the podcast to like go in depth on this, but I'll give you some teasers on this. Um, Sevens are deep people. They don't do small talk. They're the people that will look deep into your eyes and into your soul when you're having a conversation. They don't do superficial. They don't do surface. That can be a weakness and a downside. Because when sevens lock in, they lock in. They're serious. They're dedicated. They're committed. This can be a weakness because sevens actually, as armored as they may seem, as aloof or cold as they may seem when you first meet them as armored, right? Like they have this sense of like, there's like a, a thicker shell to get through. Um, they lock in deeply and they can lock in fast. So what I teach sevens that are in my private practice, like when we're coaching, is to actually not lock in as fast. In other words, don't give somebody 100% trust when you meet them. You need to learn how to identify the people who share your most fundamental values. Maybe your value is depth. Maybe it's kindness. Maybe it's uh, spirituality. Um, maybe it's reciprocity. But it's so important that you're connecting with, interacting with, that you are developing a network of people who share your values. Because they're out there. The zero, your creator will deliver them. But you have to be able to identify them when they show up and lean into them. And when you start to see evidence that those people exist, I am telling you, it becomes so organic and natural to be yourself, to express yourself, to share the unique message on your heart. And it almost becomes like not even an issue to balance solitude with expression because you're actually interacting with people that are chomping at the bit to hear what you have to say or who want to talk to you about the meaning of life or who want to lay under the stars and talk about the cosmos, right? That's the seven. So back to your question, Daisy. 
how do I balance my intense need, urge, and desire for for solitude while still being a part of the tribe? Give yourself permission to have the solitude. Structure that in. But make sure that your tribe, they're aligned with your values. Develop trust with people over time. Watch them and observe whether these are people that are on your wavelength, that want to build what you want to build, that want to go where you want to go, that do not tolerate your curiosities and your gifts, but embrace them, right? And I will say, because I'm giving you like a full-on workshop on the number seven, I will add one more little thing here underneath this bullet point of lean into people that share your values, right? I think there's also a practice of being your unique self when you're around other people and letting the freak flag fly. (laughs) Because I think that sevens have to develop that practice of it's okay to be me it's okay to share the unique thing on my heart. It's okay to share the unique insights that I have, um, even if other people might not understand. Sometimes that isolation and that escapism that sevens gloss over as, oh, I'm just kind of a hermit, is actually a self-protective mechanism of I don't know how to be with other people and be myself. I don't know how to sit in the discomfort of being myself when other people might not understand me. So both of those things are important. I want you to be around people that love you and cherish you and cheerlead you and like embrace all that you are, but I also want you to develop a little bit of that practice of um, I can be me and command my own energy and bring my energy into the rooms that I'm walking into. And I can develop that practice so that I can just like navigate through life being authentic, right? The last thing, I think this is maybe even for you guys, the most inspiring, empowering, answer to all of this is ask for help from the zero, from source, from that intelligent design behind existence. So if you're listening to these tips, give yourself solitude. Lean into people that share your values, like build that trust over time. Learn how to be yourself even around people that don't understand you. If you're listening to these things and you're like, I literally don't know how to do that or I'm so scared of doing that, start asking for help. Literally pray. Please, zero, bigger and greater energy. Help me love and own and be confident in my essence as a seeker, a mystic, a philosopher. Help me own the lifestyle that puts me at my best. Help me be unapologetic about that. Help me educate my loved ones 
about this aspect of my divine nature. You know, help me see and notice the people that light up when I'm being me. Help me remember to lean harder into them and not into the others. (laughs) Help me practice being myself and shining my light bright because they are gifts that you gave me even if other people do not understand. Help me remember that you are here to support me. So here's a reminder. You cannot own and share your depth with the world. You cannot own and share your depth and bring deeper meaning into the world. That's what the seven is all about. Unless you give yourself solitude unless you lean into the people that actually want to hear the message, unless you practice the art of shining your bright and unique light. And you definitely can't do it unless you ask for help from your cosmic best friend, from that presence that you know is invincible and limitless that is always there, right? These are the keys to leveraging the seven. And I find that when we focus on these things, we don't even have to think about how to balance the urge, the need for solitude with expression, that it just becomes sort of this beautiful dance. So let me know if you have follow-up questions on the seven. Let me know if there are other questions that have come up for you. If you guys like this Q&A format, let me know in the comments because this might be something that I do on a more regular basis here on the Numerology Chick podcast. Now on Patreon, I'm going to be answering a follow-up bonus question on the number seven. I got a lot of questions also about distinguishing between like intuition and just the chaotic chatter of the mind. And by the way, although we might all relate to this, sevens struggle with this so much. It's said that sevens have this like almost genius level intellect because they're seekers, because they dive deep behind the scenes, because they're sort of like mad scientists, you know, they have such a busy mind. So over on Patreon, I am going to answer this question. How do you distinguish between that strong, intuitive capacity with from the intellectual mind? So if you're interested in that topic, there will be a link in the show notes to join the seventh floor. $5 a month. You can cancel at any time. If you don't resonate with the theme next month, no big deal. Okay? And if you are intrigued by this episode, if you're like, I want to learn more about my numbers... I want to dive deep. I want to have a spiritual bestie that can help me overcome my blocks, that can help me leverage my superpowers so that I can be a more powerful creator in my life. There will be a link in the show notes to book a intro session with me. The intro session is where we go over the two most powerful numbers in your numerology chart and where we also assess whether this work might be the right fit for you in regards to your goals. And if it is, then you can then be qualified to enroll in the one-month intensive or the six-month fantasy self journey. I appreciate you guys so much, and I'll see you again soon.